0: I'd like to start this episode by saluting those 20 brave soldiers of Indian army who lost their lives protecting the border integrity of India against Chinese army at Ladakh last week. I know some of you may not agree with me, but I truly believe that we should not have borders. According to me, ideal world should be under one global government where we don't have any borders across the planet where we are able to share resources without any tariffs. Imagine if this was true, then Brazil rainforest could have been saved from the last year's fire. No terrorism as well. As there is no countries, there would be no separatist movement, which is the main reason for the terrorism at first place. Such a huge amount of budget can be redirected purely towards the humanitarian growth. Having a piece of land is more important than human life. Arjuna was facing the same question in the middle of the battlefield that we talked about in last episode, where he was unable to figure out his duties. Those brave soldiers who were martyred at the border were men with high integrity towards their duties as well. How did they get so brave at such a young age? Is there a age criteria for bravery by the way? These men were taught integrity by the most prestigious institute of the officer training academy in Indian Army. Their motto is Virta and Vivek which means valour and wisdom. Yes, I'm talking about IMA, Indian Military Academy. I think it has a lot to do with Bhagavad Gita. I think if a soldier has to perform such a brave action, a karma of giving away his own life, he needs the combination of both. That is valour, which means brave enough to take the step of doing the right thing and wisdom of knowing what is right. One is not enough. You can't be just brave and have no wisdom for which battles to fight or we won't send stephen hawkins to border to fight a war if he was alive his best quality was the wisdom he possessed and used it in his own brave ways my point is it's a combination of both bravery and the knowledge that is needed if you walk the path of bravery you reach the extreme of being a soldier and if you walk the path of Say, a knowledgeable person, you reach the extreme by becoming Stephen Hawking. In both situations, you need to perform your duty as good as possible. And that's what is the sar of Bhagavad Gita in this particular episode. Just to introduce Stephen Hawking, he was an English theoretical physicist, a cosmologist, who died recently in 2018. He suffered from ALS, that's amyotrophic lateral sclerosis that gradually paralyzes your entire body. But he didn't give up his duty. He was the director of research at the center of theoretical cosmology at the University of Cambridge at the time of his death. In both examples, we can see the dedication of performing the duty is what makes the person great because they know what is the right thing to do. In last episode, we talked about how Arjuna was willing to give up his expectation of a piece of land to avoid the battle with his own family. So Krishna explained him the meaning of absolute truth in a summarized form and say that the yoga of knowledge, the jnana yoga is the highest form of yoga. That means it teaches what is the right thing to do. You can watch the details in the link given below. Let's continue further. Listening to all this, Arjuna gets confused. He questions Krishna that if you consider knowledge as the superior action, then why do you urge me to jump into this battle? You're getting me confused with these conflicting expressions. Please help me with a definite discipline approach of doing the right thing. I think he was looking for what we call in today's date as a processed approach to achieve something. Krishna says, there are two types of sadhana, that is spiritual disciplines of performing your duty. One, that is Sankhya Yoga and walking the path of wisdom and knowledge. And two, like a Karma Yogi, by walking the path of action. These are the two things we talked about the IMA's motto, right? Virta and Vivek. In either case, you cannot achieve freedom from actions. Men don't attend freedom from actions, in fact. Either ways, you have to do something. No one can remain inactive, even for a moment, as everyone is helplessly driven to perform the action by knowing that it's the born nature, it's the born quality of us to perform any action. You will do something, you're gonna eat, you're gonna sleep, you're gonna do something, right? So, if you're born with the quality of a soldier or a doctor or a theoretical physicist, you are helplessly driven driven to perform those actions and justify your existence. Because you are bound to do something for sure. But whatever you do, you need to achieve the utmost quality of your action. Those 20 men believed that the territorial integrity of India to such a high level that they were ready to give up their lives against those Chinese standoff in that sub-zero temperature. They faced everything because it was their duty to do so. Not performing their duty would have made them hypocrite. Krishna explained the same thing in the next verse. He says that he who outwardly restrains the organs of senses and action, but mentally dwells the object of senses, that man deludes the intellect hypocrisy. Wow. So if you're not performing your duties to the level you are expected by your own self, the quality right if you're not performing to that high level of quality you are a hypocrite in your own eyes on the other hand he who is controlling the organ of sense and action by the power of his will remains unattached and performs yoga of action through those organ axels. stephen hawking was suffering from als as i said earlier in this disease all the organs stop working one by one he was unable to even speak But with this condition, he finished writing his book, A Brief History of Time. With such physical deformities, his brain was fully functional and he was able to make the maximum use of that one organ of his body which was the most useful. Krishna continues, Therefore, you perform your allocated duties as action is superior to inaction. Desisting from action, you can't even maintain your body. A man is bound to own his actions except when it's performed for the sake of sacrifice. That is why just perform your duty efficiently free from any sort of attachments and just for the sake of sacrifice alone, like our soldiers did against those Chinese troops. As per Sanatana Dharma, Lord Brahma is the creator. So Krishna says, At the beginning of creation, Brahma created mankind along with the spirit of sacrifice. According to Krishna, If you sacrifice all the fruits of the actions performed for the sake of a greater good, you get all the desired enjoyment. But if you enjoy the sense object without offering anything in return, you are a thief. In the case of Stephen Hawking's rare disease of ALS, the average survivor from the onset to death is 2 to 4 years, though it can vary and about 10% survive longer than 10 years. Most die from the respiratory failure. Even after that, maybe Hawkins was lucky to survive because he had a greater good to contribute towards the theoretical physics Even though at a very young age when he got to know about his ALS, rather than losing his will to live, he actually went ahead to get married, have kids and live a full life of more than 75 years. That's just beautiful in its own ways, don't you think so? He had a choice to sit back and moan all his life that he has ALS and he can't do anything But for him, his spiritual duty had a higher importance than just fulfilling his physical needs. His soul presented a perfect example of using the maximum potential of a body given to a particular soul. He sacrificed all his time for a greater good. It's the spirit of sacrifice within us that takes a shape and a size of a demigod we have been talking about in all those verses. With a life devoted to sacrifice, you form a character with high morals. If you form such a high moral character with constant wishful desire of performing sacrifice, you elevate yourself from all the social pettiness that goes around you. All the living beings evolve from a food that they eat. The production of food depends on the rain. The rain is dependent on the sacrifice as well. Because sacrifice is the root of all prescribed actions, material or spiritual. Even our nourishment is dependent on the willingness of sacrifice. And if we break this wheel of creation by breaking this cycle, our existence is just not justified to ourselves, right? However, if we are delighted even being alone, gratified, content, then we don't have any duty to perform. We just perform our action because we feel like performing them. Therefore, there is no one who's gonna force us to act on something. Great souls have a capability to realize early that there is no material gain by performing an action or abstraining it, as we are not supposed to have any selfish dependency on any other creature either ways. Stephen Hawking, despite of suffering from ALS, in early years used to walk down the stairs of his living room by his own up until his legs were paralyzed. All we gotta do is keep performing our prescribed duties without any attachment to the fruits of our actions. Your actions should be in the direction of a greater good for the society and things will work out automatically for you. As whatever a great man will do, people will follow him. Whatever standards a great man will set up, general public will follow that standards. That is how I think great people set an example, by becoming strong in those moments when everything is easy for others to give up, but a great person would stand up and do what is the right thing to do. That is why Krishna gives his own example, Because no one could have set up a perfect example as Krishna was a Godhead Incarnation himself. Krishna says, look at me. There was no duty in all these three worlds me to perform. There is nothing in this world that is even worth for me to attend. Yet I am working. Because if I set an example of inaction, others who look up to me will follow my ways in all the matters. If I stop to act, the universe will perish. Krishna goes on to say, An unwise act with attachments. With a view to maintain world order, a wise should act without attachment. Look closely. All actions are performed at quantum level. When an electron revolves around a nucleus, that is involuntary. So technically, no action is performed by you either ways. Fools whose mind is deluded with the ego that I'm the one who's performing an action, I'm the doer, would think that he's the one actually doing all that electron stuff. Which means that all the actions that are performed by the spirit of sacrifice are at the quantum level. In Bhagavad Gita, quantum level matter is defined as prakriti. That is primordial matter, right? Like the most minute part of a matter, proton, electron, neutron. There's nothing smaller than that. So that's the building block of the matter living or non-living but at the end of the day it's a matter the action performed by this quantum matter has the respective sphere i think he's talking about the orbit of that proton and electron that respective sphere of gunas is the mode of prakriti like proton electron or neutron krishna says that a wise man who has true insight of this prakriti and its gunas doesn't get attached to the material world i mean what is the point of getting attached to a proton or electron right that which is a building block of anything in the material world, we can't get attached to that. A wise man cannot get attached to that. Those who are diluted by the gunas of Prakriti remains attached to those actions that are performed by them. A man of a perfect knowledge should not unsettle the mind because of ignorance. This is my understanding of whole of this metaphorically. I compare gunas of Prakriti with the orbits of these protons and electrons. We don't have any control on that and that is a building block of living and non-living things. This is the smallest that a material world can be broken down into. Absolute truth is that all the actions performed are involuntary. In that case, we have no other choice to surrender ourselves to the devotion of performing an action. It's that devotion, Krishna says, that needs to be focused in full knowledge of the existence of that energy which makes this prakriti move. Without the desire of any fruits, any sense of proprietorship, just focus towards Him, Krishna. Both living as well as non-living things have these building blocks of prakriti. Then what makes us different? Well, all living creatures have conscious. That is what makes us different from a stone or a chair or a table. It is our tendency of acting on our conscious is that differentiates a wise man from an unwise. This tendency of reaction is generally driven by attraction or repulsion towards the sense of object. Like I saw on the news that one of those 20 soldiers got married like maybe six months ago, and now he was dead. He didn't let his emotions come into the picture on the path of performing his duty. A wise man never lets anything come between him and his capability of performing his duties. Attraction towards responding the sense objects, that desire towards the material stuff is what takes away the dedication towards performing a duty perfectly. That is why even death of this physical body should not stop you to perform your spiritual duty. So, Arjuna is like, in that case, does this wise man commit any sin, even involuntarily? Krishna says, as... Fire is covered by smoke, mirror is covered by dust, an embryo is covered by amnion, knowledge of absolute truth is covered by the desires of material world. Eternal enemy of knowledge is desire of sense gratification that covers our mind with the smoke of this fire. So, if knowledge gets covered by its eternal enemy of desire, we don't have enough courage to take the action leading towards wisdom. Maybe that is why Indian Military Academy's motto is for valor as well as wisdom virta and vivek both that is why the senses the mind and the intellect are all three different things you might say what is the difference between mind and intellect and sense either ways it sounds pretty much the same let's take an example if india and pakistan are playing a cricket match my intellect is defined as the knowledge of the scoreboard my mind is defined as my support towards india's win in the game and my sense is defined as my reaction at the end of the game, which is happy or sad, depending on the result, if India wins or loses the game. That is why first thing we must control is our senses. It's a sense of gratification that obstructs us from getting that jnana as well as vijnana that is knowledge of absolute and knowledge of manifestation of self divinity hence even though the senses are greater than our material body but our mind is greater than our senses intellect is greater than mind and knowledge of self divinity is greater than the intellect knowing that what is higher than the intellect as well as controlling the mind by reasoning can kill the enemy which is desire and it's hardest to overcome i believe it is this knowledge that eventually compels the soldiers as well as Stephen Hawkins to perform their duty all the way to death. With this, we have ended chapter 3 on Karma Yoga. I was late to post this episode but hopefully I can make it on schedule from next time onwards. Thank you for watching and hope to see you in the next episode. Feel free to engage with me through comments, like or dislike the video as per your reviews. Have a good one.